0: Hey guys, Pilo. Thought we'd start this episode off with a little, a uh, couple of fun facts about Go Yoga. We've been doing our research here at to the top talk. We take our journalism extremely seriously, and I want you to know that Goat Yoga started in 2016 by Lainey Morse in Wilmette Valley, Oregon. We thought you might want to know that. Anyways, let's get to the show. Welcome to To the Top Talk.
1: Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Top Talk, brought to you by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, we are recording this uh, right after the weekend series with Louisiana from beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Here, as always, with your break from the high-resource five propaganda to talk a little Southern Miss athletics. I am your host, Jason Bailey. I'm back with you once again, the one and only Patrick Lowry. Hey, hey. Talking the good yoga
0: let's do it man it's it is all the rage i might have to give it a shot i, I you know i i generally
1: just go <laughs> running around the neighborhood but
0: we well, you know the perk of living in mississippi i don't think there's a shortage of goats i think we have plenty of goats around here if you drive That's, around I saw sounds, like 30 like on have the way. tons
1: of experience with
0: goats. well i, I mean well, i'm just saying like literally saw 30 on the way to church this morning mm, so wow well, at least you went to
1: church there you go uh today's episode is brought to you by of course our good friends at four street bar and grill always the place to be pre and post game for every usm sporting event have all the games on if you can't make it to the game nine dollar and 95 cent plate lunches monday through friday home style plate lunches tag us on social when you go by there and get yourself a shout out and also uh we've been uh pushing it the last couple weeks but uh, it's finally here, so we'll we'll be playing in the Sun Belt Conference tournament in Montgomery this week, and Four Street Bar it will be the headquarters for watching all of those games. If you can't make it to Montgomery, so definitely, I, yeah. I, I hadn't decided what I'm going to do with that yet. I, I've got mm-hmm. so I, you know, we got Little League going on, and my son Jack's got a game Tuesday. We're in the playoffs, so if we get mm-hmm. beat Tuesday, we're out.
0: Um, but they have playoffs in five and six year old baseball.
1: Yeah. They do. Wow. Well, 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 you know, you have your league play, and then okay, um, and, and then there's buys involved for the top two teams, and then you know, you oh my have gosh, the, then you just have a little think,
0: tournament, double elimination was, tournament. Wow, I don't think it was like that. I remember like the season, and then it was like okay, all stars. I don't really remember. I, I, I obviously quit playing when I was like nine, ten years old. So it's been a long time.
1: You know but. what's weird? I didn't start playing until I was ten years old. Really? Ended up playing all the way through college. Yeah.
2: Well, very weird. I, I keep I telling Jackson, and, you're like a uh, four-year
1: head start on me, man. So whatever yeah. you got, this is just gravy. Um, so anyway, man, So what happened since the last time we recorded? Well, it was like the best weekend of all time <laughs> for me. Uh just lots of cool stuff, and but hardly any of it really had to do with, with me going to baseball games. But it was a yeah. very good week. Uh, there's a bunch of baseball games played. Um, Scott Berry officially announces his plans to retire after the season, which I think we all kind of knew was coming. But still, you see it in black and white. It's just just shocking and yeah, sentimental. You know, um, we had some heroics play out right in front of our eyes. We will get to that. Um, we had a USM golfer play in the NCAA regionals and we will update all of how he did. Mm-hmm. We recorded a fantastic interview uh, for the show that will be coming up in just a little bit it's, it's, one of our good buddies and um i you know he just it was a good one yeah i mean it's just i don't think i can say anything better than how he said it so very um very appreciative of of him coming on and then of course we all knew this was going to happen but, but there was also the announcement of coach ostrander as the next head coach for Southern Miss baseball which might have been the worst kept secret in the world but <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, it's here. It is, right? Yeah. You've been named now, so I guess before we get into the rest of the show, what, what are your thoughts on on Oz and and the prettiest, pretty obvious choice, but
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the
1: same time, this is a, a a university that has the ability to probably go out and do the uh, a, a huge national search and things of yeah, that of nature. Course. And yeah, yeah. So, but I, you know, I, I think I think the, I don't think I know. <laughs> because if you're going to do a national search all those people doing national searches the last few years
0: they've been coming after us right right yeah that kind
1: of that it, it, it helps us out it gives us a, a a leg up on the competition anyway mm-hmm. yeah What'd i mean think?
0: there's some big programs that are uh, looking uh currently for a pitching coach that may or may not have fired one this season and uh I mean everybody knows the the quality of pitching staffs that we've had the last several seasons and how well we've recruited and how well we've retained and grown talent and all of that is credit to coach Oz and so um I mean it's what we do right it's it's uh you know Pete Taylor to Hill Denson. It's Hill Denson to Corky. It's Corky to Coach Barry, and now it is Coach Barry to us. And so uh, it's it's kind of been the norm of like let's name him associate head coach, and then, um, you know, and then he's going to be the guy. And so uh, the only thing now we got to do is just continue playing into late summer, uh, and send yeah, out Coach I mean, Barry the way he he deserves to be. Send if it ain't
1: out. if it ain't broke, don't fix. It. Correct. Yeah. Four coaches ever. I guess five now, technically, but four coaches have actually been head coach ever. <laughs> it's just, it's, it almost sounds like we got that stat wrong, you know, but mm-hmm. since 1959, I think was the first time. Uh, yeah. Four coaches ever. So, and, and he fits, you know, yep. R- recruiting stays intact. I mean, everything stays intact. Uh, the only thing that won't stay intact will be somebody else standing in the third base box and somebody else doing interviews and stuff. Right. Yep. I think everything else will, I mean, not that he won't put it, put his own spin on it and who knows where he can take this program. Um, Scott kind of took over for Corky and I think took it to new heights. Yeah, for sure. He probably did that from what Hill did. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: you know, I'm excited, man. I'm so happy. Yeah. For no, Haas the future
0: and, is extremely bright. I mean, yes, it's bitter. I think it's bittersweet. And I think that's what I had talked to coach Barry's wife, actually, Laura and, um, that was the first thing she said. She's like, We're incredibly happy for Scott, of course. But it is mm-hmm. just bittersweet because this has been our life for the last 23 years uh in Hattiesburg. And um, I know it's emotional and it was all weekend and and and, and, and will continue to be, I'm sure, as we progress through postseason. But um, but in saying all that, it is it, it is still uh exciting. It's a buzz around the program and and uh, what the future brings
1: so no super doubt. excited no doubt well yeah very, very happy very happy for, for all involved and um and looking. at hey this season's not done yet but you yep. know I'm very very happy to, to see what comes out of all that so before we get into the baseball that happened this week um tell everybody about the merchandise site and the new shirts i saw several of them floating around uh, yeah. Roost.
0: Yeah. There was a host of uh goat yoga shirts so uh that I noticed this weekend in the roost. And a lot of those were the Lynch family. So thank you guys for uh purchasing those. Uh we appreciate it. And uh so yeah, we have that one. We have the hot dog kind of uh uh if you know you know kind of thing from Coach Barry. Um So it says hot dog. How about that? And it's kind of just our nod to him. And we should have one coming out uh, probably when this is released. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And again, we are in the process of uh, behind the scenes work for football season. So prep yourself. We're going to have a lot. And, and when we say t-shirts, keep in mind that we do have short sleeve, long sleeve tank tops, hoodies and sweatshirts so it's more than just a t-shirt so obviously we don't need hoodies and sweatshirts right now uh but you will in the fall so um you know when you go to the site there are other options out there than just a plain t-shirt so uh keep that in mind uh when you're kind of looking there's it's it's very user-friendly it's not difficult at all to switch it out on on our bonfire site and that website is bonfire.com slash store slash to the top talk and um, who knows? I mean, uh, depending on how deep we go in the season, we may run another sale. So stay tuned to our socials for that.
1: Very good. All right, man. Let's talk about this baseball. Let's do it. Uh, so, uh, Eagles sitting at thirty-seven and 16, 22 and eight in the conference. this was this this series with the Raging Cages this was one of the more highly anticipated uh, Sun Belt. Conference series. Mm-hmm. I, I think of the entire year, we, and we thought it was going to be like that when the schedule came out, and it, and it was. It, it lived up to the hype, man. It it was it was great. Uh, we previewed last week what to look out for, some of the key players for the Cajuns, and the fact that they run a whole lot. Stolen bases might be a problem for the Eagles, and it turns out, man, they scored some runs like like that, right? With uh with with putting pressure on us, and pretty much everything it, it, it kind of all played out how we thought it might. But yeah, we even took it to different levels. It, it was just the highs and the lows were, were unreal. Um, Louisiana was coming into the series at 35 and 19, 17, and 11 in the conference. You know, so they can win. Yeah. Uh, so, so just going into game one, of course, we have Tanner Hall going. It was a little bit different because we started this series on a Thursday uh, and not Friday. This is a really quick game, uh, and I know that because I didn't make it there until like the last inning, pretty much, because Jack had a game that went extras. But uh, really quick game, uh, well played on both sides. Game time runs just two hours and seven minutes. It was a vintage Tanner Hall outing. 5,315 fans saw a very special day at the Pete. Tanner's line reads eight innings pitch, three hits, zero runs, 12 Ks, one walk, and 114 pitches. I mean – just, just like we said, vintage, vintage Tanner. Um, and I, and I thought coming into the seri- every interview that I had seen, he he was zoned in, man. He was like, look, it's go time. Scott had made the right. And he was like, it's, it's uh, nobody was going to beat Tanner that night. Um, Justin Storm came in and closed it out, throwing one inning on eleven pitches and recorded a strikeout. Mm-hmm. Sutter Miss out-hit Louisiana eight-three on the day, but but the only in of inning of offense came in the fifth. Yep. So it was zero to zero in the fifth. Reed uh, Reese leaves off, leads off with a single. Nicky ball game follows that up with an infield single. Um, Peto has a fielder's choice, moving the runners, and then Montenegro walks to bring up Matthew Etzel. First pitch to Etzel, bomb. Right field roost, granny. <laughs> yep. Eagles up four to nothing, of course, uh, and, and that's all Tanner. And honestly, if he had hit a fielder's choice, we'd have been up one to nothing, and that would have done it too, okay? Um, but uh, it happened to be a grand slam, which is even better. And and, and he just cont- Etzel continues this power surge that we've seen as of late. Yeah. I don't know if he could hit home runs. And it's like he hit one, and he was like, well, damn, I can do that? Cool. Now I'm going to hit it 500 feet, whatever. But Exactly. Yeah, he's been doing great. He finishes the day two for four with four RBIs. Um, Nick Monaster went two for three. Dickerson, Sarge, Ewing, and Montenegro all had a hit. Great way to start off the weekend. Um, wish I could have seen the whole thing, but I did get there late. Uh, but, but but even even when I came in late, man, just walking around, I could feel the electricity. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I heard the the Tanner Hall curtain call through the words of john cox on the way um hated that i missed it but you were there yeah so lay it on me what was all that atmosphere like
0: man it was uh electric and i think you nailed it with saying it kind of felt like a postseason game it really felt like you know what you see in major league baseball when you uh when it's like october and everybody's into it and it's a difference between regular season Major League Baseball and postseason baseball. It felt that way, um, and uh, yeah. So I, what I loved about it was Tanner comes out, and the crowd just was not going to let him just go into the dugout right after that performance. And they were doing the light show, and you know how the music's playing and the phones are going, and all of a sudden the crowd just starts Tanner Hall oh, Tanner. I mean, it was just like drowning out the light show, right? And then you, and from our perspective, you know, obviously where we sit, we just have the perfect look right to our dugout and you can see him down on the bottom. And everybody down there is like grabbing him. Like you got to go up those stairs because it just kept getting louder and louder. Uh, he runs out, takes the hat off, and the crowd goes nuts. So, uh, it was special. I mean, uh,
1: and I love hearing cool about moment. that. I, I really do. At the same time, so I start hearing about it from John Cox. But mm-hmm. this one they're coming back from break because obviously this curtain call was during the middle of the inning. Right. So we're at the commercial. And John comes back and he's like, Boy, a special moment here at <laughs> Pete Taylor Park, one I've never seen before. And I'm and we're looking for a parking spot. I'm, I'm telling my wife, Katie, we like, park the car, park the car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then we get out and we hustle up there. And anyway, it's already done. And I got to see the, the replays and all that, but anyway, great great way to start it off. We we get that first win. And you know the next night is scheduled for Scott Berry night at the Pete. That was that was the Friday night. I was pumped up for this one because it was the only one that I was going to get to go the, the entire game. So I already told my wife, "Look, we're not getting there in game time. We have to get there at least by five fifteen, right? Because the thing was supposed to start at five thirty, and then game time at six. So we do. We, we get there even a little bit before five five fifteen. Mm-hmm. Everything was looking great, but in the in, in the distance." We could kind of see some rumblings of, of clouds, and I'm going, Is it coming this way? Because <laughs> it's, it's not a front, it's just this splotchy stuff that happens in the south this time yep, of year. Yep, yep. So yeah, I mean, really, that's kind of like I was we were wondering what could go wrong. We were we were on after Tanner's game, and, and uh and then no way you can lose the Scott Berry game, right? Well, then we had a lightning delay and the whole uh and and the game was delayed a couple times and then it finally did rain. Yeah, it did rain. Um, we finally got going at 822. So the Scott Berry thing was I think was at eight o'clock. Finally got going at 822. And like I said, I got there at 5 15, right? So um, so that was a long time in itself, right there.
0: Yeah, I was there yeah. about 4 30. So
1: right. <laughs> it was a, yeah, long was a lot of day. time to get long into the day. sauce. Yeah. Uh, before the game started. But it finally <laughs> got started and we we're feeling great. Billy Owen yeah. gets to start. He's kind of like, I've been calling him Tanner Light. And I don't mean that as a slight in any way. Tanner's like mm-hmm. the best we've ever had. And Billy's very similar in the games. So like if Tanner goes eight and gives up two runs and has 12Ks, Billy goes like six and gives up three runs and has eight K's or something. Yeah. He's, he's, he's kind of the same. You know, we got a lot of the same pitches and everything. Anyway. So we, we were feeling pretty good. Um, but he, uh, he, he, he well, at the end of the day, his I want to say he got hit up, but at the end, of, at the end of the day, this is really okay. Four and two thirds innings pitched, eight hits, three runs, two earned, one walk, six Ks. Mm-hmm. It's fine, right? Yeah. Uh, didn't get started off great though. He, he, Louisiana gets two in the first, and and that that score would stay the same through four. They add another in the fifth, got three in the sixth, and four more in the seventh. <laughs> when Marisac hit a two-run dinger, and just the route was on at that point um etzel did hit another homer his seventh of the year but this was just kind of a dud of a game i mean it happens it's it's baseball um louisiana came out swinging which is what rivals do right they weren't gonna come in here and get swept man as much as we thought i mean we did we thought there would be some fight and there was we kind of won one convincingly they won one very convincingly and um the final score of 10 to 1 on scott berry night absolute bummer um, But what what were your thoughts outside of all
0: that that I just said? Yeah, I mean, uh it, it's just, you know, it it's a little bit of combination of everything. Like, obviously, the emotion from Scott Berry and I, the pregame festivities for that, the weather, the delay where our players are in the dugout, they get back to the locker room, they come back out. All of that kind of messes, you know, a little bit with your psyche. Plus, let's throw in the fact that we had won, what, 14 in a row at this point, and uh, you know, like for the
1: rest of your life. Right. There's no going matter to how be good you are,
0: yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's baseball's gonna catch up with you eventually. Um, and so it was just one of those days. It was just one of those days where even when they weren't knocking the cover off the ball, there was little things that were happening that just wasn't going our way that has for the last however many, you know, 13, 14 games. Uh, little bloops over our infield and the different things like that. And so you know, at that point, even b- before this game was over, I was already over it. Um, and we were all saying, like, yeah, a comeback would be nice and let's get it to 10 to seven. But um, it's it's kind of almost better just to kind of get, you know, smoked and it close the door and we're done and let's move on. So uh it, it didn't really sting that bad as like a you know, a heartbreaker in the last inning or something. So sure. yeah, um, even before this one was over, I was already I was already ready for uh for the rubber match.
1: Well, so after this game, uh, we decided to, we we wanted to get our good buddy, John Smith on. Yeah. And we've been talking about doing it for a while. I'm so glad that we waited because this is even better time to do it. So we got him. He was available Saturday morning. So we recorded this interview before game three was played. Correct. So let's go ahead and get to that interview with John Smith right now. you know the night really wasn't about uh the game so much as it was about 40 right so we thought uh who could we get on and you can get on a lot of people to talk <laughs> about 40 um but right this guy in particular is he's he's a mainstay out in the roost he's he's come up with the rally bike he's um uh had personal dealings with with Scott Berry and the whole family for as long as i can remember so uh without further ado ma'am uh welcome to the show john smith yeah yeah thanks
2: boys thanks boys. Thanks for having me man it's uh it's always a pleasure uh chatting it up with you guys um camera and microphones or not man but uh look i shout out to y'all what you've done with to the top talk um you know it's it's like dr paul always says um you know it's it's not always about the biggest donations it's not always about the biggest um impacts but what can we do day in and day out uh, to advance this university by being positive and consistently uh, keeping it at the top of our minds. So y'all do a heck of a job. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, flattered to be here and, and get the invite. So thank you.
1: Well, appreciate it. You know, Patrick came up to me. He's like, Hey, we need to get John on. I was like, we do uh, need to get John. We, we, you've been on a couple of times, I think. In the past. Yeah, me and Will and did I,
2: it. Me and Will did it a few years ago with you.
1: Yeah, that's right. Oh, at the radio. Yeah. we did it at the radio station. Yeah. Oh man. Uh yeah, John and Will brought beer up in there. I was like, I don't know, I don't like own the station, but you know, okay, getting <laughs> to stop permission. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um Ask for forgiveness,
1: no doubt. So, um, so Scott Berry, right? Let's just talk about him for a second. Uh, Sixty years old, over five hundred wins at, at Southern Miss, all time winning as coach in USM history. Which you know, don't take that lightly. There's only been four of them, right, since the fifties. Four coaches total. So if you're the if you're the all time winning as coach, that says quite a lot 14 years as the head coach 23 overall if you include being an assistant four-time cusa coach of the year six consecutive 41 seasons and to go along with the program that's right now at 21 consecutive 31 seasons um you know i mean where do you start with this guy uh he's he, he's become a, a living legend and mm-hmm. and just a iconic figure around hattiesburg but john and and patrick uh, i guess we'll start mm-hmm. off with john Mm-hmm. What has what Scott Berry meant to the baseball program uh, in your eyes?
2: Man, to me, <clears throat> look, not taking anything away to the, the coaches that came before him. They're obviously – they're legends in their own right. But if you're asking me personally, um, to me, Scott Berry Southern Miss baseball, man. Um, mm-hmm. he's, um, he's a leader of men. You know, everybody says that. Um What's been amazing this week is just, um, watching Facebook, Twitter, um, all the social media outlets and watching all the interviews. You know, I watched one this morning that I think they posted yesterday and it had, uh, McCarty and Sam. Oh yeah. The onions and, are strong with that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. It's, it's the consistency of what everybody says. You know, if it, the old saying, if you walk like a duck and quiet, like a duck, it, it's a duck. Right. And <laughs> for Scott, man um i think that everybody should strive to have that ability to uh have people speak that well about you and you don't i don't think you live life worried about other people um you can't because you know you can't please all the people all the time but he has a knack for um really making an impact on everybody you know and and Mm -hmm. i've got a few stories that, that we'll get into but um Obviously, I'm speaking as an alumni and as a fan, and I've got um, things off the baseball field that he's mm-hmm. done to talk about. But to hear the impact he's had on people's lives, man, it's it's uh, build the statue, right? I mean, somebody said it uh, uh, a week or two ago. They can't wait to see him with his hands on his hip uh, in copper or bronze or whatever they make the statue out of. But, man, wow. it's build the statue for the guy. I mean, he's, he's Southern Miss baseball. He is one of the best human beings that me and everybody else that, that talks about him um, has come in contact with, man. It's just, we've, we're blessed as a university. We're blessed as a fan base to have had him and his presence around for as long as we have. And and he's going to be missed, man, for sure.
1: Yeah. There's, there's something about just the program in general, I think, but, but uh, you can't talk about the program without talking about Scott and just like the, the he's everything is just so approachable. A lot of things in Southern Miss, Mm -hmm. you know, I think more than, than other universities, but there's one story and you've got a million of them. There's one story in particular. I know Patrick and I were out and uh, at the end of the roof, spot 39. And I think at the end of the night, it was pretty much our little spot was still there and you alls spot was still there. And they had turned off the lights and, and, and you see 40 walk up the steps of the dugout and look out. And John says, Oh God! Here comes forty, and then he gets in his car and starts driving <laughs> through the parking lot, and stops at the very end. And to my recollection, I think he just said, "Guys, just lock up when you're done," and drove like, <laughs> <laughs> off. So,
2: yes, be sure like to that, lock I, the gate behind yeah. you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I just, things, just, things like that, and it's um, it's just incredible. So, and but Patrick, you while you're at school, I think you're the reason that we have the little um netting for the Mm -hmm. photographers now, right? Uh so take us through how that came about.
0: Yeah. So it was actually it first started before I ever worked at USM. I was actually working at Force General but freelancing for a Coast newspaper. And it was conference tournament. I had shot three games that day and uh it was the very last game we had actually were getting I think I think we were playing UTSA and uh they were beating us so uh i had walked around to where like the diamond girls sit behind the netting right closer to home plate and was mm-hmm. just trying to get some between innings it was uh and i remember looking down camera and i was kind of shooting from utsa's dugout toward our dugout to get some guys that were kind of had towels on their heads it just you know that kind of shot for a newspaper um and uh peek out behind the little, you know, blind and, uh, look down camera. And then all of a sudden crack. And I realized I just got hit in the face with a ball, but then, <laughs> then I realized I couldn't, cause I was looking in my camera. What had happened was a UTSA player, instead of one person in like the little batting circle, there was three warming up between innings. Right. And the guy had come all the way through. And on the backside of his swing hit the end of my camera lens, which kind of cut it into my eye instantly, blood just everywhere, you know, and like that afterwards I had heard like some guys were yelling because they thought they had like done it intentional, you know? And so people were cussing and screaming and I just go down to one knee, cover my eye, open it immediately, realize, okay, I didn't lose it and then I close it back. And then I think it was Yuki. Uh, you remember the trainer for UG. basketball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he uh, gets to me first. And then Todd is down there. They get me, you know, at least stop to get me off the field. And, and, uh, so that was episode one, right? That was the last game of the season. The next season, I think I'm working at USM at this point, And it's 10 games in we're playing Ole Miss. And a ball gets fouled uh, into our dugout and goes down. I'm at the end down by coach Barry, where he used to stand before we had Mm -hmm. the camera wells. Right. Mm -hmm. And ball goes into the dugout, comes out, hits me right, right square in the forehead. Like, (laughs) uh, and then comes off of my head and hits one of our assistant coaches. I remember who it was bust his nose open. So it hit hard enough to hit off my head to bust his nose So I got three people in one. Coach Barry just looked at me and was like, "Damn, Patrick!" (laughs) Like because he remembered (laughs) obviously, you know. And so the next, so I'm out that game. So I'm done. That was like the second inning. Um, and it was usually Tim Lynch who was fouling balls into our dugout. Dang it, Tim! Um, that was always hitting me, but. Uh, so all I know is the next home series we had after that Ole Miss game, I come into the facility and coach Barry is standing there waiting for me and gives me his skull cap, like the, and said, you're not shooting unless, unless you're wearing this. And I still have it. I have to find it. It's somewhere. Uh, we, lovely. uh but yeah, he, he made me wear that. He's like, if you're going to be out here uh, and then, you know, I, I, I get out of athletics and move on and, and then they, uh, you know, have camera wells now for the guys to actually shoot behind some. And so I I still joke with Coach Barry every time I see him. Like, I, is my plaque up yet? Is it the Patrick Lowry camera well? Because <laughs> taking enough Love baseballs. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it, I, I think it was kind of funny on his part that he was like, you're not allowed on the field unless you're wearing this. And, of course, I got a lot of grief from all the photographer people. But uh, after two <laughs> balls to the face, uh, you yeah. know and a bat pretty cool yeah and a bat, yeah
1: so john and we mentioned when we were uh first coming into this uh, the the rally bike so first of all I'll tell everybody kind of what the rally bike is how it started and all that and then second of all um it kind of ended i think with uh, before it got up in the tree with you getting scott berry on the rally bike like i mean how in the world uh, does that happen everybody's seen the photo i think but take everybody through that whole rally bike, just, uh, experience.
2: Yeah, no doubt, man. And <clears throat> we'll, uh, I want to make sure we go back to 40 in a minute because I've got a few and, and approachable mm-hmm. is the word, right? Approachable is the word. I mean, yeah, exactly I mm-hmm. better. Um, but so the rally bike was 2016, uh, beginning of the season. That was, uh, Aniston Lowry's bike, Scott Lowry's daughter's bike. And it was in the back of his truck to be thrown away. And I can't remember who we were playing beginning of the year, uh, one of the, the northern teams on their southern run in the winter. And uh, we were beating them, and their bullpen was chirping a little bit. And Scott said, take this bike down there and tell them you got their ride home. And so I take this little girl's penny <laughs> bike. <laughs> we, uh, we jaw a little bit. And I threw in the back of Ben Bassey's truck and, and didn't think anything else about it. And so we get to conference tournament. And Scott said, that bike better be here this weekend. So, Bassie brings it from the farm, and uh, we just kind of have it with us and and don't think anything about it. Well, um, the night before the championship, um, me, Will Taylor, Coach Bush, Todd, and Bassie, and we find ourselves out there um, with walkout songs like we're wrestlers, a lot of ghetto boys (laughs) riding it down the hill. With the lights off, there seems to be a trend here after games. <laughs> With the lights off, look up, and it was like 2.36 on the big clock by the pen in the morning. We were like, oh, crap, we got to go home. And so, <laughs> the next day, the bike's out there, and it starts getting hairy in that Rice game about the sixth inning. And we've been riding it down the hill. Somebody's like, ride that thing down the hill. Let's get some greenery going. So I take off down the hill and, uh, the video is great, man. It was, uh, um, I was shocked that I stayed upright one. And then two, that black fence came a lot faster than I thought it (laughs) would go. It was. uh, was Like, man, do I lay this thing down? Or I you know, (laughs) instincts. It's like, man, you got to plant your feet and try to stand up. Um, and then everybody started riding it down the hill, the seventh inning, the eighth inning into the nights, everybody took turns and the famous, um, the famous double relay Chucky tag at the plate man wins it against rice and the rally yes bike that series. And so, uh, the picture, uh, as they were going to Tallahassee uh, for Florida mm-hmm. state, I got a call from, uh, my buddy stump, Jason Lee, who was buddies with Kaye, And he said, where's the bike? I said, it's in my garage. And he said, can you have it to the field house by eight? I said, yeah, I got what's up. And he said, the team wants to take it to Tallahassee. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can have it for sure. So incredible. Yeah. I ran into the field house uh, or stump came and got it. And I can't remember. It's been so long, but it got to the field house. And um, that picture of 40 on the bike is in front of the bus before they left for Tallahassee. And so um, somebody shared that picture with me and I was, yeah, what other top 25 consistent college program, um, embraces the fan culture like that. Right. I mean, yeah. baseball's a great sport, man. It's, it's the, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Right. And, and that's part of it is things that we come up with in the roost. Some are great ideas. Some are not so great ideas, but <laughs> when something like that sticks, man, that the team and 40 and, and the fans embrace it. And, um, yeah. you know, then it went on to Tallahassee and look, we didn't do great in that regional. I was, I was, uh, I was hoping we would because big Rick Maddox told us that Rick Cleveland had uh, contacted him and said, Hey, if we were in this regional, I want to do a story with the boys on the bike. So that would have been incredible, mm. but wow. the the legend and lore of the rally bike, uh, has grown. Um, P. I I think you took some of the pictures in Tallahassee. With I Chuck did.
0: I'm actually going to share one. I don't know if Jason's seen it. I have it up right here. Watch this and yeah. we'll have to describe oh, it for the listeners very nice. But this is a video chucky, like, so, huh? yeah
1: okay so yeah it's a uh, it's a shot of chucky holding the bike on the field oh it's a whole video like yeah great oh that's fantastic we, well we're going to have to share it now on yeah we'll social. have to share it on social <laughs> so i don't know if i can describe all of that but it's it's basically chucky uh standing on the field just holding the bike up like it's a toy with one hand and and i guess I assume looking at our fan base. Um, yep. yep. Them yeah, it
0: was during, up, it was during the rain delay. It was during the okay, rain okay. delay. And he came out and I think, I think people were yelling rally bike or something. Cause they were bored and just sitting in the stands and he goes out there and kind of does a curtain call for the bike. And. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I well, luckily in, had that perspective. Uh, I was in the dugout for that uh, that whole series. So, and people say you that got you got know, that
2: one. You got Munsley took a. I think Munsley took the picture, but um, when Muns was still here, and God, we miss Muns, right? But yeah, we he were. was still here. He had a, a tweet, and it had uh, McCarty taking a nap in the dugout. And the caption was something to the effect of McCarty taking a nap before the big game. Rally bite looks on, you know. And so it just, again, just a, a culture embraced you know, by this fan base, and it's it's grown. And uh, man, we as we got older, we realized we probably didn't need to ride it down the hill so much. So I <laughs> painted it gold and told everybody we dipped it in bronze and hung it in the tree where it will it will live forever, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, people say that we didn't do well in that regional. I'm like, well, can you imagine how bad it would have been if we didn't have the rally bike? Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how it is.
2: <laughs> no doubt. So
1: when did you guys, do you remember the first time you met Coach Barry?
2: Man, I don't. Um, you know, it's um, when we were undergrads in the early 2000s. We used to go sit out on the, the grassy knoll, I call it where the concrete is now. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: man, we were. You just kids, man. You don't. Uh, I don't remember if I met forty um, as an undergrad, or or if I met him when I moved back in fourteen from New Orleans. But um, as a lot of things go in in Hattiesburg and Mississippi in the Deep South, man, there was a a friendship that sparked pretty quickly, um, and and you know it's, I wish I can remember, but. To not be able to remember, it's it's a it's amazing how much that friendship's blossomed. You know, I don't want to say that he didn't have a an initial effect because Scott always does when he meets people, but uh, that was many moons ago. Um, but it's like I said, man, the the relationship that's grown from there is is just top notch. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, I remember um obviously he was he was coaching third even during, you know, the the quirky years and yeah uh man just we always sat over there with with Jimbo in those old stands behind yep. third base and yep. uh just the legend of him just standing i mean it was just like he was so intimidating and I, he wasn't trying to be yeah but he just was and for us as like the hardcore student fans we were like instantly just infatuated with like his aura his persona I was like he would you know a a line foul would come over there and he would just snag it like it's no big deal and yeah uh, it it was just kind of uh the beginning of that but after i had graduated and uh so my in-laws had season tickets forever in every sport uh as long as i feel like they've been in hattiesburg since the early 70s and um their their season tickets were actually at the very top of like C. So right behind home plate, top right before, um, and right next to them was uh Coach Barry's wife and her parents. And so for seasons, I that's where I sat. I sat right in front of them. And so for years, I mean I can remember <laughs> Kitty Grace being little bitty uh and growing up and then uh, got to a point where I had kids and we're bringing them there in a car seat and, and Laura would hold Harper when she was little. And, uh, I've got, I got to know, know them really well. And then actually Laura had messaged me, um, on Facebook this week. And cause the, the goat graphic we did, and she was like, that was amazing. And then, then I had talked to her about it and she didn't realize that I was with, uh, to the top talk now. And so, uh, just their family and how incredible uh you know they are and uh just such good people. I mean everybody yeah, yeah. That, everybody that knows them
2: says it, says the exact yep. same thing. Yep. Man, it's it's and look, I'll I'll give you three real quick. Um I, I would be remiss if I didn't cover um bump. You asked me about one that obviously stands out, but I've got three quick ones about 40 that really stand out to me. Um mm-hmm. he his family means a lot to me. Um Um, I I know, you know, I I tweeted it when he announced Tuesday from the rally bike page, um, thanking him for um, every time he saw P, he talked to him, he stopped, you know, how's life, how's baseball, and he genuinely meant it. And Mm -hmm. man, as a father, when somebody takes time out of their day to speak to a child and and mean it and care for them, man, golly, that, that goes a long way, right? That's that gets you all in the feels, um, especially somebody of that magnitude. And look, I'll, I'm I'm not on big Rick Maddox level by any means, but, um, I've spent a a few hours on that couch in his office and a couple of times a year, man, you know, it would be renewing dugout club, or I'd see his truck or, um, you know, I would, I would need something. Um, and, and I'd stop by and It reminded me of like going to an uncle's house on a Sunday afternoon. You know, I wasn't in a big time college baseball program office. John, come in here, sit down. What you been doing? Sit down, take a seat. You know, it wasn't a, you could tell if 40 was busy and you left him alone. But if he wasn't, man, it was sit down and talk a while. And I, uh, one of those times we were, we were, you know, 99% sure where we were going to send Pelham to elementary school. Um but I I talked to a few people that I knew that had had um, sacred heart history and and talked to them and got their views. And 40 was one of them. And because obviously um, they've been there for a long time and and I sat down and we talked for 30 or 40 minutes about where my four-year-old should go to elementary school, you know, and that hit me. I was like, man, I'm sitting in one of the greatest baseball coaches in the country's office talking about where my kid needs to go to elementary school. And he (laughs) <laughs> genuinely took the time, took the conversation, and was as serious as if he was planning for a super region. And yep. um, that's that's that approachable, right? You've got bump when we are when Anderson Paint made it to the championship. Um and and um first year coach pitch, he made a triple play, unassisted triple play, man, it was mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, I picked him up and was crying. It was one of those dad moments, and he loved Reed Trimble. And um, I, I, I used favors very sparingly, but I called 40 and told him what happened. And I said, look, he loves Tremble. Is there any way – do you mind if Trimble signs a ball, congrats on the triple play, and signs it for him? And he said, it'll be ready tomorrow. Come on and see me. I yes. go by and see him without P, and it was on his desk. They were practicing. And I was just going to grab the ball and send him a message, thanking him later. Um, and he caught me. And he said, where's P? And I was like, ah, he's at my mother-in-law's. He said, go get him, John. And I'll never forget it, man. Go get him, John. Brought him back, went to practice, broke it down with the team. He brings him out, gives him a big speech about it. I've got the video I need to share again. It was just, you know, he, I told him that last night during, during the ceremony, I said, I want you to never forget what he did for you that day. I said, I, I want you to always remember that, man. I said, that is a special moment in your life. You might not understand right now, um, but p- always remember that, Pete. And the third and final thing, he got invited to do the first pitch this year, uh, opening day, which is a special treat, right? Uh-huh. Um, and he was nervous as shit, man. I mean, he <laughs> you could tell he, was, he was almost in tears. And I was like, dude. Just go fire that thing, man. The team knows you. They love you. It's yeah. He gets down there and he sees Danny and he sees Tuna and he sees Dusty Dick and he starts mm-hmm. getting a little bit, all right, I can do this. Well, 40 comes walking out in a hard hat and a briefcase, getting ready for opening day. And he said, mm-hmm. P, what you doing down here? And uh and we said, This he's your first pitch coach. And as only Scott Barry can do, he looked at P and said, Well, P. I can't think of a better way to start a baseball season. Wow. <laughs> you, just saw, you just saw everything go away, and he was ready to fire it, man. And mm. it's just back to approachable, back to genuine. Um, yeah. yeah. You just don't
1: get any better, man. But, and look, and I can – Somehow he's got like this, got that, like this stoic thing, this, this, yeah. this, this, this tough quality, and somehow at the exact same time, it's like this uh this humble yeah. and you know the word approachable again just i don't know how you combine all that uh but somehow he's done it and yeah. and it's you know i'm just blessed to have miss that yep. miss you know and, and just well, stories well. like that uh even have me kind of you know getting emotional <laughs> just listening to you talk about it yeah i'm putting myself real. in the same but you know if it was if it was me and jack down there uh yeah. you know i just um I'd I'd have been the one that would have like passed out. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yes. So I mean, just so many memorable memorable moments, and these are all that the listeners obviously probably a lot of them haven't heard. But what about some some games? Do you guys have any favorite? We mentioned the the, the relay and all that, but um, mm-hmm. are there any other games or any other? Um, Moments uh, specifically involving 40 that, that stick out
2: to you? Man, I, I tell you what, I can't remember the game, um, but I was there. Uh, I just can't remember the team, but the picture's famous, man. Um, people share it from time to time, and it's the side of 40 that, that, that Garen talks about sometimes, and I think some of the, the players have seen that we don't get to see a lot of times. Um, and 40 is pretty stoic. And when he comes out of that dugout and he's fired up, you know, something's up. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's the guy where he's not making a mountain out of a molehill. He's not yelling at umpires 100 times a game. When he comes out of that dugout, you know, pack a lunch because he's seen something and he doesn't like it. And there's a picture of him and he doesn't have his hat on and he's on the dirt and he's arguing with the umps and there's an ump shielding the other ump and Scott yeah. just straight up bowed <laughs> up chest. With that mouth open and it's like, man, I'm glad I've never been on the other end of that. So it's it's that side of him that you know he's got, you know, the the cowboy boots with the sport coat and and the, the guy that kills these monster deer, you know it's in there. Um yeah, there it is right there. There it and is. Isn't that
0: amazing?
2: You look at those umpires, man, and they're just like, Oh shit, what did we do? <laughs> and uh it's uh that one always stands out um to me you, you got games obviously obviously the rice game man and obviously lsu last year winning our first region went home um just just there's so many though it's just like memories of him man you could sit here for you could sit here for days and talk about talk about the impact and the memories
0: yeah for sure and a lot of mine uh are are times when I was on the field, right? And I used to, before we had the camera wells, I would stand at the very end of the dugout, like on the uh, third base side. Uh, and Coach Barry was right there. And he's like, you know, when he was not in the the box, so obviously uh, while we were on, you know, defense, and he was just sitting right there by the little mm-hmm. wooden box. And, I mean, it never failed. It was the middle of the game and, like, an important game. Obviously, they all are. And he would just have a conversation with me, Patrick, how's it going, man? He had always asked me, you know, and this is like in the middle of a ball game, but he would come out and always make a point to, um, and there was times where, you know, it's especially later in the season, it's hot. And he looks at me and is like, you okay. He's like, get down here and get some of this Gatorade. If you need, you know, it was just always like, I was right there with him, you know, and, yep. Uh, and after the years of of getting to do it and being around him, and then he was you know never had a problem with me you know being right there with the team and access and camera and all that, and like he he understood how important it was for the fans and uh everything like that, so man, yeah I, well,
1: think- and I haven't had near the the dealings that that you guys have had with forty um but I mean, like everybody can't be wrong, right. <laughs>
2: You can't yeah, find,
1: right. I, I, I've never heard of a single player present or past come out and be like, you know, we just didn't get along, you know. Yeah. Um, and and kind of the same thing with the fans, so yeah. Well, you're never, well, I'll take that back. I mean, if you're talking about some Eagle Post stuff, then you know, whatever. <laughs>
2: uh, I, tend to, but, I tend to disregard most Eagle, yes, posts,
1: yeah, but, yeah, but you know, you, but uh, but but the point is, it's um, you know, he would never given to that or anything he just does what he does right um and um so anyway so like we said we did play this is after the second game uh we won that first game of the Louisiana Lafayette series we lost the second one on Scott Berry Day (laughs) and to me honestly the the day was it's a little bit easier for me to get over um I mean it was sad that we couldn't like perform on Scott Berry Day uh but at the same time it, I I I refer to it like in match play and golf, you know it's it's like we made an eleven on that hole, okay, but the only they, we just lost the hole right, right. <laughs> we down by like, just because the other guy made birdie it really does not matter we win we, the next hole and you know we're 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 still up so so what do you guys think I mean this is gonna go out um after the fact, but um you can go on record right now to see like you know how the game's gonna go today um. Uh, who's your your picks to click um and and then maybe your your predictions for uh our hosting chances and, and all that moving forward
2: um I look I think we' come out and win today mm-hmm. um I think yesterday anytime you get the delay and all the weirdness with that man it's it's just it becomes a weird um weird baseball game um mm-hmm. no excuses there but it just you could you could tell there was a little, there was some flatness and some weirdness in the air, but I think we come out today, um, you know, Kendall Rogers said that if we, if we clinch the series, right, not sweep, if we clinch the series and we do well in the tournament, that we should be right there on the bubble where we need to be for hosting chances. So stakes are high today. I think the boys know it. Um, I think you get, you get, um, I'm, I'm foggy this morning. I'm, I'm assuming that Adams is the starter as, as usual today um yep. you know I think, I think he comes out and does well i think nico comes out of the pen and does well um and i think we get a danny lynch bomb today um just just wow. the baseball gods taking care of that because mm. there's there's a lot of chatter on on uh ul twitter as usual uh which a hey, great rivalry man uh, that's going to be fun for a long time but a lot of chatter about danny for obvious reasons um, I think the baseball guys take care of him today and, and he gets a good knock to uh either start it off or or you know maybe finish it in the later mm-hmm. innings give us some grease going towards the end of the game. As far as, it, hosting, as far as hosting uh yeah. I'm gonna stick with my prediction man. Uh, Drew had me on earlier in the year. I'm sticking with my prediction. I think we host um I think we have to go away for a super. Um, and I'm sticking with it, man. Um, it's been a it's been a weird year, but it's been a baseball year, man. We look, we've gotten hot early a lot of years and and had to stay hot. I think we're hot at the right time. I think seven, eight, nine is ginning. Um, I think that Paj is absolutely on fire very silently. Every time I get up, that uh that 368 average, I think, continues to climb. Uh, if that bottom of the order can keep going then some of the middle guys can get hot. Um, you know, it's going to come down to what it always does this year, and that's mm-hmm. pitching. You're going to have to have a pen and some young guys come out of nowhere. But that's, that's postseason baseball, baby. And <clears throat> I think we host. I think we go away. I'm still saying it, man. We deserve it. I believe in storybooks. Um, I believe in, in Corky being up there looking down on us. I believe in the 09 uh, season and all that wrapping up. Uh, I think we've, I still think we got a middle America, man. I know that's, that looks, uh, that looks far fetched to some people, but to some people it doesn't. And I'm one of them. I think we start clicking and I think we have a storybook. What we do past that, I don't know. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of good teams this year. I'm not fixing to sit here and call a natty. I think it would be an incredible 30 for 30 if it happened with three teams from Mississippi in a row. But honestly, man, if we just made it, it would be absolutely incredible for him to ride off in the sunset like that
1: well, Agreed. I was going to try to do some of that, but I don't think I could do it nearly as well as John just did so uh i I will say that my pick to click uh today is is Dickerson um yeah. he's got that swag he's yep. got that thing about him I, mean, I, I want to be I don't care who it is honestly <laughs> uh, I, we all know my uh love for Nicky ball game but Something about Dickerson, man with the, with the in these moments, um he's gonna find a way to shine, I think. so I don't know how it's going to happen defensively, offensively, or both. but uh, I think at the end of the day if 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 we win or um I, I think you're gonna be able to look back at some things that he did that if he doesn't do, we probably don't win. So yeah,
0: he's the mm-hmm. guy, yeah, I love it. Um, one thing too to mention today is senior day, right? Yeah. Um and and so that throws another wrinkle hmm. into uh just pre-game festivities and um uh, looking at the roster I just don't want to leave anybody out. Um we have Reese, Gabe Lacy, Black, Danny and Sergeant. Um that are listed as seniors right? So
1: pretty good, good list
0: of uh <laughs> pretty good list there so uh, I guess my pick to click since you've already claimed Danny, I'm going to go Sarge. I feel like Sarge is going to, uh, you know, uh, we're on the Sarge count. We've been keeping up with that and uh, I'd love to see him mash one over the scoreboard today.
2: No doubt.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, we don't have anything else, man. I guess we'll, we'll shut it down. I got, down. We'll, I got we'll one to... bump. Can I go? Yeah. one? Yeah. 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 Way? yeah. yeah. Do Do you think. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. So I want to talk about the roost. Um And I want to talk about what it means to all of us and our fan base and our program. Um, there's a reason that, um, opposing fans walk through there with their mouths and eyes wide open. There's a reason that bachelor parties from Chicago drive up from new Orleans and come sit out there. There's a reason that players families come out there and become families of all of us. It is the most special place in college baseball. Um, I'm partial. I haven't been to a, a lot of college parks because I'm mm-hmm. usually at this one, but I will um, I will stand at the Vatican and say that it's the most special place in college baseball. I heard somebody earlier in the week on a podcast say that we've got some you know we got some plans for the roost. We got we got to be very careful mm-hmm. with plans for the roost. Um, you know, if you fly too high to the sun, you burn your wings and you fall. Um, I don't think that there's any reason that we need to involve engineers and concrete and blueprints to the right field roost it is it it is extremely important um if you start looking and look i don't know what those plans are you know and i could be i just wanted to soapbox that if you take away the everyday fan that's out there on a tuesday night in february and march when it's 40 degrees standing under the heaters and you start um you start involving more local businesses that are going to give tickets to um clients and employees and you're going to lose the luster and again i could be getting ahead of myself that could not even be in the works um that could have just been a comment but um it's special and it's special for a reason man and and there's no place like it um i wrote some notes here bump and and i could talk all day about people that have came through there but i got a few highlights here Mm -hmm. i want to say Um, I want to say a a farewell to two families. Um, that is the Lynches and the Montenegro's. Uh, they've been here forever. They've, (laughs) they've had a player on the team for the majority of 40s coaching career. Um, and there's a reason we get close to those families, right? There's a reason that those boys run to the outfield fence when something big happens and big games happen. Um, but, look, just a, a farewell to those two families. When you look back, um, the Walners come to mind. Lehman Braley comes to mm-hmm. mind. Um, just people that have come out there and became a family of our fan base as well. Um, so I would be remiss if I didn't go on my Roosh rant, mention those families. But also look at who's coming in, right, the Russos, the Mises. Um, There's always a cycle, and that's the double side of the coin is – um, you hate when you know that a family is on the way out but you also look who's coming in and that's that's the cycle that we get to experience as a fan base and uh, we're not sitting up in the stands with them we're out there in a community somebody we've all, we always say it right it's a it's a, a biggest three or four hour tailgate that happens to have a baseball game going on and it's as special as you can get in college athletics man and we're extremely blessed as a fan base to have that area uh, to show our support to these boys.
1: We, it is definitely, it's going to be different not having a Lynch or a Montenegro out there for sure. Um, maybe that's what Danny's doing at the plate, trying to get a little, I don't know, some more action going on with the
0: <laughs> future. <laughs> There's going to be
1: another Lynch, a future Lynch. It's <laughs> foreshadowing is what it is. It's foreshadowing.
2: <laughs> Read between the lines
1: yeah anyway <laughs> all right guys well hey let's go get them today and um and let's do this again man let's do it at the bar i see john's got his four street bar shirt on right there let's let's do this from the bar next time and yeah it's get, get Slade to sit in
2: no doubt hey look thank y'all so much thanks for uh thanks for the support again of, of the program and the university man you guys do a heck of a job uh and, and you know couldn't do it without you and, and i appreciate what y'all do and i appreciate you having me today
1: Absolutely, buddy. All right, let's try to do this. Southern Miss
2: to the top.
1: All righty, that was Big John Smith, man. One of the best. Just a great dude. Awesome, and, but just a. Uh, I mean, he he knocked the the damn interview out of the park, and yeah. um he. He says stuff a lot better than, than I could ever say it, you know, just put stuff in. He puts he's, a in great, he's a great, he's a great storyteller. Yeah. He loves it, man. He's got these one-liners. Yeah. For everything. I heard him say on the Hardy boys pod, Hardy street boys podcast one time he said, if you are going to be a bear, be a grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just such a giant thing, but no, he, he's great. And he, he was spot on with, with a lot of that. Uh, but, but, you know, in that interview, we, we um. We, we didn't know what was going to happen in game three. No, it was all, uh, we, we did make a few projection, uh, predictions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: not you take us through game three, Patrick, uh, Yeah, what happened and, and tell everybody kind of how we did.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you were there or you watched, uh, this game was probably one of the most exciting baseball games in, uh, that I can remember for Pete Taylor park, for sure. I mean, it had everything in it, um, senior day, you know, again, emotional and these mm-hmm. guys last time, potentially at P. Taylor park. Um, and so you have all that, you know, to start the game and your family's down there and all the extras that's just besides, let's just put their Jersey on and go out. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll give away the, uh, the lead, obviously the, everybody knows what happens. Uh, Eagles come out on top 11, nine and, um, Take the series two one over the raising Cajuns, and not only senior day, the last game probably for Coach Barry at home too. So mm-hmm. again, more piled on top for this weekend. So, and two, it had everything on both sides uh, was a must win for both teams. Right, both teams were knowing like we got to win this game. Yeah, us uh, for hosting
1: uh, chances, and them for. Yeah, at large the tournament, right. right yeah, yeah at large yep. right
0: mm-hmm. yep and so yeah, both coaches knew both staffs knew everybody on the field knew like how important this game was and up and down back and forth all game long and Matt, Matt Adams gets the start and it it just you no know, doesn't go well it doesn't start it's not his day um and that's okay ul uh l comes out uh swinging and they <laughs> I think it was, like, second pitch, home run. Uh, next guy gets up, first pitch, home run, uh, I think, uh, and then scores. Uh, so, ended up hitting three home runs in the first inning, and they score four runs, and I'm pretty sure it yeah, was. Yeah, I was
1: feeling like I was about to have to just slip my wrist right off of my arm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, of course, we just experienced, what, 10-1, a beatdown, and it's mm-hmm. like the game never stopped. It's like they literally come out the gates, yeah. and they were had the exact same momentum, Uh, and so we knew we had to do something, um, and, uh, and, and so we, we did, uh, Southern Miss responds at the bottom of the first with, uh, four runs also. And I honestly thought, uh, everybody in that, uh, park kind of. Breathe a, a sigh of relief. And so it was like, and, it, and I remember I was on the grill and, uh, I was just like, we just need to get one. We just need mm-hmm. to start chipping yeah, away. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, we all kind of had our picks, um, uh, you know, of, of who we were thinking, uh, was going to click and, uh everybody's guys did really good everybody had uh, a great game john uh obviously picked danny lynch and we all know what happened there prophetic right uh yeah and uh so with two outs in the first inning uh down uh 4-0 with the bases loaded and for the record uh this was the second grand slam of the weekend that i predicted uh and we can (laughs) verify that through charlie wallace uh so who was it that walked right before i guess it would have been uh Rodrigo maybe uh I know well I'm not sure who it was actually I know with the Edsel home run on the in the first game uh I literally was like tie ball game. Um and uh well no 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 I'm sorry I said that backwards. It wasn't a tie ball game. We got up anyway this was I looked over at Charlie and we were down 4-0 and mm-hmm. uh the walk happens and Lynch comes up and I looked over and said tie ball game and boom, it happens. And the place goes crazy. Uh, so obviously again, John really crushed it with his uh, pick to click uh, two outs in the first inning down for a bases loaded. Daniel Lynch comes up and obviously up until this point, he hadn't had the best series. Right. And UL yeah. on, on Twitter was really pouring it all. They were they feeling were, it. Yeah, they were. Yep. They were feeling good. Then, and their nemesis really just hadn't had the best weekend, but Danny uh, cranks it and uh, ties it up with a grand slam. So four-four through one inning, and we're back uh, to yep. square one. Adams is pulled, and Nico comes in and goes. Yeah, Nico three. just kind of
1: snuck in there. I was, yeah, I was like, whoa, 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 Nico's okay. Here we yeah, go.
0: Yeah, yeah, we thought the same thing. We're like, oh, okay, <laughs> Matt's settling in. I'm like, no, that's not him. That's that's Nico. Uh, so he goes three and keeps us in it. Uh, but he did give up three more runs in the third inning. Uh, Dustin Dickerson hit a home run. So that was your pick, right? Right. And so both, both of, uh, so at this point, guys, our,
1: our, our picks had accounted for all runs scored.
0: Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. and he hits a home run to put the Eagles up five, four, the Cajuns then tie it, uh, in the top of the fourth. So five five heading to the fifth, uh, UL scores three in part to a hood home run, and you know that point is kind of a kind of a gut punch. You know we're kind of like, do we have it in us to fight back again? Mm-hmm. You know it's right. like we, again. we it's just it's just a heavyweight by, uh, battle at that point.
1: Dude, and that's that's what Strawberry talks about all the time, right? Staying in the middle of the ring,
0: yeah, whole deal. Yep. Yeah.
1: Very so good.
0: down eight five, bottom of the fifth, Dickerson and Montenegro both single. Ewing is hit by a pitch. Uh, with one out and uh, bases loaded again. And I mean, just the odds of him getting to come up, Lynch getting to come up again with the bases loaded. So, so you, let, me, let me, and so I know you were there.
1: I wasn't. Yeah. I was, so we we're driving to Covington, Louisiana. Uh huh. Uh, and we're on the interstate and with ceasefire, for whatever reason on the interstate, it is in and out, man. I got ESPN plus pulled up on my phone. I right. Watching it. Mm-hmm. And it would freeze up and I'd be like, damn it. So I'd yeah. flip it over to the app real quick, you know, and it, at some point it would go out. And so then there, and then I, I was, I was texting you guys. Like, What's happening? What's happening? Well, in the middle of all the, like, it finally becomes clear.
0: Yeah. At yes. this
1: point. Lynch is up. I was like, no way, no way. And then he <laughs> and just to hear Cox's call. I, I, I don't know. I know you guys were excited, but just in the car, like Jackson, the backseat about to flip over his damn booster you know Katie's driving because I'm having to watch. You know, I was like, well, You're gonna have to do this, I have too yeah. much going on, yeah. So she's driving and she's like banging on the steering wheel. And I'm, anyways, it was this great moment for us. And that was a very small portion of what you guys probably did out in the roost, but anyway, just had to throw that in Yeah, there.
0: no, that, I think that's an incredible perspective. Um, I just remember when uh, I was, I, I think this is the point where I was at the grill and um, at least back by the fence. And he gets up, and, he, and I'm just kind of looking at Danny. I'm not really looking at, at anything else. And he, he comes through the ball and just kind of sets the bat down. And <laughs> at that moment, whoever it was on second, I, I, I've tried to go back and it was look. Dickerson. Dickerson on second. No, move. he was at third. No, Dickerson
1: was at second base. He didn't move. He just sat there and watched it.
0: Well, whoever it was, mm-hmm. too, they were jumping up and down before the ball ever got out of the stadium. Nice. So it it may have maybe when the camera hit him, he was kind of watching it and standing still. Uh but before that, he was jumping up and down. Uh oh, because cool. that's that kind of took my eye. Watch Danny and in line with that was I guess Dickerson on second. Um but yeah, he's literally jumping up and down. The ball's not even over the fence yet. I mean, everybody in there knew that ball was absolutely killed. And one of those moments where it was just Deafening the crowd, and by mm-hmm. the time that hit, and then the horn fires, and and it was a solid horn, and uh, we let them know it, it was longer than normal. It, was, it was great, a, but that it yeah, was that that only put try. us up
1: nine to eight, right?
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is good, uh,
1: but still, I mean, this damn ULL team, dude. E-
0: exactly, and it, it, and then again, it's just the the fifth inning, right? And so we still we still have some baseball to play, so. Uh, on comes the top of the six, and uh, Higgs gets a leadoff triple and scores a run and ties it up. So again, we're just like, we've kind you know, of we're not...
1: pulled off this heroic feat twice, <laughs> and we're still freaking tied with these guys.
0: Yeah, that's how I yeah. feel. It was just yeah. It was like, how many times can you do forth. it? How right. many times can you do it? Right. So luckily uh, nobody scores in the seventh and UL doesn't score in the top of the eighth and storm had already come in and, Mm -hmm. um, and he took over for Armistead. So here we are, uh, we have an opportunity. And I remember at this point, kind of looking over at somebody in our spot and was just like, let's just score a couple of runs and get three outs and be done with this. Uh, And that's all we had to do. Uh, So Dickerson comes up, hits a laser uh, and the shortstop boots it. Uh, there was a hit by pitch and then Sarge singles uh again Sarge was my pick uh yep. to click and I think he goes four for five in this game and um so uh Sarge singles Dickerson and Ewing knock in another run uh that uh, after scoring Faust or Faust mm-hmm. that scores. Uh, and then Storm comes in and closes it out, and credit gets credited with the win. He goes two and a third, uh, gives up one hit, three Ks, one walk, and so uh, we we threw four guys: uh, Adams, Maza, uh, Armaced, and Storm. And yes, UL threw ten different pitchers, and I and I, I think there was three of them that only came in to see one guy. Uh, and so it was just like delay after delay after delay. And it was 10 pitchers
1: and that's 10, ten pitchers, pitchers with no extra innings. It was 10 pitchers in a nine inning, inning.
0: Yeah, they, they were at eight pitchers. Uh I think it was the fifth inning at that point, because I remember looking at my phone saying, how many pitchers have they already went through? And I pulled up the box score and we were at eight because they brought that their closer guy in that was like 10 and O and he really kind of stretched till, uh the end of the game and so so yeah it was uh 10 pitchers in 9 innings and only 11 runs surrendered uh it's crazy it was again a crazy day at the Pete um, i feel like i was all over the place with this recap but uh what it really boils down to is that the pete taylor park magic is real it is uh, the crowd it's of undeniable. 54 uh, twenty nine was incredible. They were in it every second, cheering these guys on, and uh, everybody in there was. Uh, when this thing uh, finally ended, uh, I think all that emotion just kind of boiled over the top. For I know for Danny for sure, I, I mm-hmm. heard he was uh, hugging everybody and taking pictures with everybody and signing every kid and baby down there, and um, as he should. I mean, it was just a legendary day, and I think that senior day performance i know for a fact will go down forever as one of the greatest performances uh ever and again uh like you said you were on the road and and listening to baker and russum and man i kept hearing on twitter about this scott berry interview at the end and so oh my god so,
1: so at <laughs> this point so I'd, I'd made it to my brother-in-law's house right in mandeville uh-huh. and he has a tv on his back porch so the kids are swimming Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm watching the TV, and and that's when the interview pops up, you know. And first time I had ever watched Bake and Russell outside of little clips, I'm always there. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Not to step on your take on this, but no. I mean, first of all, those those guys are great. Bake incredible. I mean, it's like watching a a ESPN, like I don't know, like the Dodgers playing or something. Yeah. They're that good. Um, and and then it, it hit Barry. know it hit him and he choked up and got through it way better than I would I'm I'm just watching it from nowhere and near or associated with the team or or anything and just watching it I'm choked up
0: oh yeah well yeah and and here's the thing I think uh both Friday and Saturday I think our our group uh was the last one out the gate both times and so we stayed out there for a while uh and and then i finally got home and uh sit down in the recliner and watch both grand slams and hear the calls from baker and them and kind of skip through and get to that and i watched the whole ninth top of the ninth uh and everything that happened and yeah and then barry gets up there and then he just you know he's he, I think he made that statement about uh it's who i am this is is all i've ever known kind of thing this is this is it just man i'm just sitting there kind of like crying and oh, he, he, uh, he, he says
1: like he say, he say, cliff you know you played for me yeah like, oh god
0: <laughs> i know he's like you know oh man it was just so what a surreal moment for cliff and uh and baker i mean just i know something that they will always remember getting to be on the call two grand slams uh senior day 40s last potential game and I mean it's just uh go ahead and start the 30 for 30. Um, I mean, it's just an incredible weekend at the P. Um Yeah, we can wait. We
1: can like you you can go ahead and we can start thinking about that 30 for 30, but there's still there's still work to be done. Um, correct, correct for the end of the season if you're gonna mm-hmm. get to that point. But before we get to what's gonna happen in the Sun Belt Conference tournament bracket, yeah, sudden miss stats. You guys can follow him at USM underscore stats underscore info. We call him stat guy. it. He came up with some good ones, and Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that he sends these in. So I'm just going to hit you with these real quick. And then uh, after that, Patrick, you can take us through kind of what the bracket looks like. So the eight RBIs for Lynch ties the school record for RBIs in a game. If you remember correctly, Slade Wilkes did it this year versus James Madison. Prior to that, it was last done in 2019 by Hunter Slater. Sargent's four hits were the second most in a game for him in his career. He had five hits last year at Western Kentucky, and that game he had a single, a double, and two jacks. Storm tied his single his season high in innings pitched with the two and a third that he threw on Saturday. It was his 24th appearance of the season, and he had at least one strikeout in 23 of his 24 appearances in seven of his appearances. Every out he recorded was a strikeout. His final nine appearances combined. Here's the numbers for those Mm -hmm. final nine appearances, 11 and a third innings pitched four hits, zero runs, 20 strikeouts, two walks, four saves and two wins. Crazy. Pretty solid finish to the season. This one might be even better. I don't know. But all of Etzel's home runs came in the last 15 games of the season. Seven. <laughs> wow. I'm telling you, man, he figured out how he could hit them. And it's just like, screw it, man. The hell are these singles? You know?
0: Yeah. For <laughs> um, sure.
1: Saturday's game was Lynch's 255th game played, which is an enormous amount of games played in college. He needs five more games to tie Gabe Montenegro for the most in school history. And it should be pointed out that both of these guys had the COVID year, so this kind of comes with an asterisk a little bit. does not like they couldn't help it, right? But they both right. got here, got their shot early, and once they got in the lineup, never freaking came out. So yeah. there's something to be said for that. And a couple more. Uh, Tanner Hall now sits in sixth place alone in all-time strikeouts at USM. Next on the list is Barry Bowden, who I saw out in the race yeah. this weekend. Um, Barry Bowden is in fifth with 283. Shay Douglas is in fourth with 285. Damon Pollard is in third with 302, and that's all he gave me. So I didn't look up second or first. But anyway, hmm. they, they, these are probably within reach, right? Yeah. And the last one, Tanner Hall's 11th win on Thursday, and that is now tied for second most in NCAA this year behind Rhett Lauder of Wake Forest. We all know how good they are. So Wow. Good, good job by stat guy. You guys make sure that you go and follow him at USM underscore stats, underscore info, because the stats are going to keep coming, right? Mm-hmm. There's football, yep. baseball, basketball, whatever, and he's the best. And so follow him on Twitter. Definitely. What about the? Uh, so what about this bracket, man? We, we, we've talked about it a few times, but mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you might've studied this a bit more than I have, and it's here. So where are we sitting? Who are we playing? Yeah. Um, When does that go down?
0: So, obviously, the game, the uh, Sun Belt Championship starts uh, Tuesday and goes through, so Tuesday, May 23rd and goes through Sunday, May 28th. And we are playing that in uh, Montgomery, Alabama at Riverwalk Stadium. So the first round kicks off on Tuesday, um, and you have the 10 and the 7 and the 9 and the 8, and uh, both of these games are single elimination. So kicking off game one, you have Old Dominion, the 10 seed, uh, against number seven, James Madison. And then on the other side of that is uh, Georgia Southern and Georgia State. So the Georgia schools will play that evening on Tuesday. So, just note that all the games played on Tuesday are single elimination. The lower seeded first round winner will advance to play the number one seed, uh, while the higher seeded first round winner will face the number two seed. So, uh, games will be played Wednesday, uh, May 24th through Saturday, May 27th. Um, and those are all double elimination. So, again, it's kind of like a play in type thing. It's a play in
1: tournament, which to a tournament. Yes. And so, so their so side of the bracket,
0: mm-hmm
1: when we play would you say that we play the higher team we play the lower the
0: higher We seed says that yeah because we're the two seed we will play the one will play the higher uh seed first round winner and we will play the number two seed
1: so we could play seven eight nine or ten yeah right. we, i mean is, yeah because that's how it works that's a single elimination okay. prob- yeah i mean it's kind of weird to, to think about but we could worst case scenario i guess for us we're playing the seven if you look at it from a seating standpoint, right? So anyway, very good. Update on the baseball polls. So the baseball polls, I do not think are out yet. We are recording this on Sunday and the baseball polls do not come out until Monday. So once the baseball polls are updated, we will be able to update everybody on those it will probably be until last week's show but um patrick is fine so the polls are now but where's our rpi sit right now like how are we sitting as far as hosting is concerned i want to say right around 28 29 last week and as long as you stay in that area maybe in the Mm -hmm. top 20 i feel like you got a legitimate shot but but where's cinemas's rpi and strength of schedule and all that yeah right so
0: as of right now I am looking and it looks like we're currently at 28 uh and so in RPI so we're sitting at 28 again our records 37 and 16 and right now our strength of schedule is sitting uh at 45. Good deal. Um, an incredible 26 and 5 at home this season so uh man that's that's impressive.
1: Awesome deal. Awesome. Great. Uh well it couldn't it couldn't be going to the tournament any hotter. And anyway, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. Everybody that goes to Montgomery, you guys I mean shoot us a shoot us a voicemail for Christ's sake, if you go to the tournament.
0: Yeah, please. <laughs> you
1: know? or, or or at least tag us on Twitter, man, because I'm not positive I'll be able to go um uh, with, with little league and with you know just normal life stuff. But you never know. Last minute I'll be like, Katie, Jack, load your ass up. We're gone. But it's going to be a fun time either way. It's a cool city. I uh, went there last year for a golf thing. Anyway, that's all about baseball. Before we wrap this up, let's get into a little bit of basketball, golf and, and shout outs, and get out of here. But um, basketball news, whole bunch of camps coming up, blah, blah blah. You've heard about it. All of June. Mm-hmm. Go get your camp on. Another yep. thing, um, there there has been a signing this week, uh, this past week for basketball. Um, Nick Crass. Yep, had he was from St. Patrick High School on the coast. Um, stellar player, incredible numbers in high school. He's a uh, he entered the transfer portal. Uh, he went to Oregon State as a freshman, and and played a little bit. And but but he has gotten homesick, I guess, and he has decided to come back closer to home. And there is no other school closer to the coast than Southern miss. So yeah, he's here. He's, he's going to, he's, he's a shooter. He can knock it down. It's uh it's going to be fun to watch him. It's going to, it's going to be fun. Hopefully we, we meet, you know, his whole fam and um yeah. And so it, it's, it's nice to see guys coming back around and I guess that's what winning can do for you. And uh, another person that has decided to return, and unless you've been under a rock, you know that Austin Crowley has decided to come back mm-hmm. to Southern miss, which, in all yeah. honesty, I kind of thought this is how it was gonna play out. It didn't look great because we all are used to how it used to be. Once you right. enter your name into the NBA draft, you're out, right? Yep. That's not the case anymore. You can, you have you have the chance to come back. So Crowley's coming back. The addition of Crass. I mean, it's it's uh and, and the kid from UNLV last week, a WUCA4 or whatever it was. So um you know, pieces are starting to come together a little bit. It's it's looking nice. Um, Patrick, why don't you get us caught up on Sutter Miss golf? I know that we had a player, Cameron Clark, uh, in the yeah. regionals. Uh, how did how did that turn out?
0: Yeah, so he played at the Auburn Regional, uh, and uh, again, I think we touched on it last week about. Uh, the crazy uh hard conditions so uh long 7500 plus yards par 72 so he came out and fired a 77 in round 1 and was sitting in 50th place um and so round 2 uh looks like he ended up he ended up shooting another 77 um I heard the from I guess coach Eddie we heard out and uh in the roost uh said, man, it was just super hard and fast conditions and front pin locations were nearly impossible to get the ball close uh, right. with firm. You got to come in like
1: from the atmosphere directly right. down. Right. right.
0: <laughs> but he did get it going in round three. So he shot, he, he improved and shot a, a, a 73 in round three. So 227 total in those three rounds finished seventh among individuals uh and a t43 overall so um obviously in those regionals you're playing against uh, the best of the best in the country and so um you know pair that with a super tough layout and course and you know you kind yeah, of find came, out what you're made with
1: that's that 73 at the end though man but yeah Huge. man eddie you know eddie came eddie walked down just to thank us for, you know, the little tournament that we put together and we mm-hmm. raise some money for the team every year. And I keep telling me, first of all, I don't do a lot. It's it just seems like I do. Chad does all of that. Mm-hmm. But but he's very appreciative. Appreciated did. He come in, taking the time to come out there and talk to us. And he, he had nothing but great things to say about Cameron. He he mentioned that he's already already uh, kind of lined up a job to be a school teacher. And he's passionate about that.
0: And I'm going to imagine he's going to line up a coaching job, too. Right.
1: I guess Hopefully whatever I mean, you know, like or yeah. you know, just golf coach. Heck, Who knows, man? But he's 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 got his you know shit together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unlike me, I was like thirty years old going hell. I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, um, he's a good dude. Uh, Eddie's proud of him, and I, we were proud of him for for representing Sutter Missa well in that tournament, especially not giving up and, and coming coming back after the two seventy sevens and going seventy three right there at the end. So. Mm-hmm. Very good. What you got foodie talk wise, man? Oh
0: man. Uh
1: didn't mean to put you on the spot, I know, but you, you are totally a foodie did. talk guy, and this is foodie no, talk I, You know,
0: here's a here's a foodie talk. <laughs> uh, uh this is something you missed in the roost on uh gosh, uh Sunday. So obviously uh our was well, I guess it was our not Sunday, we played Saturday, but um so I think everybody had brought food on Friday, right? I think we had so much food that we cooked the entire game. Even with the delay, we yeah. still had plenty of food. Ooh, and, yeah.
2: Wings, yeah, the whole deal. Wings, hot dogs,
0: chili dogs, chili dogs, and sausage dogs and sausage and some kind uh, of pork loin, I think. Pork, yeah, pork loin that I mm-hmm. brought. And uh man, it was it was great. But on Sunday, uh, our good friend Roman uh he kicked off the season on if you remember all the way back early in the season. Uh, the beginning, uh, I guess baseball season kind of starts and ends with crawfish season. So he he ended up bringing a pile of crawfish out there, uh, on Saturday, which makes me extremely happy. So I think we picked out like multiple times. Uh, and then like, I, again, I mentioned earlier, we stayed out there really late. I think we we ended up knocking out the box. Um, so that was awesome. And our good friend, uh, Charlie Wallace and and his wife, Sarah Catherine, who, who he kind of named uh roost mom because like she always has like everything a band-aid or or whatever we need like hey i don't really know uh something happened like hey Sarah catherine do you have this yes i got it so so um, here's the deal
1: with with that people come up to me like hey i'm like hey man do you want a beer like anybody that stops out there a, yeah a, a parent of a of a player or mm-hmm. a opposing fan or whatever hey man you want a beer and people always say i don't know man do you have a water i'm like oh uh, hey, Sarah Catherine, you got water?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got kids drinks and water, something besides uh, alcohol? Yes, I got it. And she cooked this whole thing of like Philly cheesesteak, like onions, peppers, mm. mushrooms, and had it all ready. And then she brought like a skillet out there and had the buns, buttered the buns, toasted them, and we had Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, and it was awesome. Oh so shout out, uh Sarah Catherine, for that. And she's the best for crushing it in our foodie talk.
1: Awesome deal. So tweet of the week this week, I, this, you know, I scoured the internet and and I tried every week to find or Patrick and I try to find like what what we think is the best tweet of the week. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be mentioned to, towards to the top talk at all it's just gotta be a sudden miss tweet you know yeah but other than that uh we don't really have to have a whole lot to do with it so tweet of the week this week and i came up with two there's a bunch of them out there we whittled it down and and i hope you guys saw these two tweets in particular but so what i decided to do is give uh, the an honorable mention tweet and then the tweet of the week so first we'll go with the tweet of the week it was from Southern Miss at Southern Miss baseball, which whoever's running that account. I think this is the second time that we've mentioned them. But during <laughs> during the uh, the the two grand slam day, the Danny's Grannies, right? Yeah. Uh huh. They say reports indicate Danny Lynch now owns a large amount of property in Lafayette Parish,
0: working with sources to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
1: that's just outstanding
0: yeah I, I read that out to lisa and she just kind of looked at me funny and i said <laughs> because he owns them and she's like oh yes. my gosh how great is that so it, it was, was gosh whoever it runs was, that it account, was, man. now before
1: that one came out mm-hmm. i had penciled this one in as the one that we were probably going to use i was gonna run it by you but it, it comes from our good buddy glenn dyer yeah uh, dyer 24 uh, two four six seven he works over at um the 24-7 site the mm-hmm. golden eagle pride 247 site one of the best in the business of, of reporting and, and scooping and uh giving insight to any athletics that's going on it's that miss. but he tweeted out after the thursday game that he, okay so it reads tanner hall could have left usm for the money and perceived greener pastures but he stayed. He's loyal and his loyalty was rewarded last night. Now he's a sudden miss legend and that's for life. So he's referring to the standing O and just that can't, you can't put a price tag on that, right? Which some people have put price tags on that. Yep. And this is, that's the reason, man. So there's, and there's even buddies of mine that um that that, that, you know, I don't want to mention his name, but there's one buddy of mine who was one of the best players we ever signed and one of the best hitters has ever come through here. He left his senior year and, um, and not that he's like shunned when he comes back by any means, right? There's just something missing. It went from like, if you would have stayed his senior year and like maybe had the hits lead and anyway, like taking us to a different level, like, hey man, there's that guy. Man, he's one of the best, ever, you know. And now it's just like, oh, hey, what's up? That guy was good still fine but there's just there's always something that's going to be missing when when you leave for your for your last little hurrah and and Tanner decided to stay and I think he was rewarded for that and we all saw it in the form of that standing ovation that he got and I'm so jealous that I wasn't there but um but so happy for Tanner to get that experience, experience in his life in life and- Very cool. Um, As far as the mailbag goes, we are still watching. We're still doing Sarge Watch 2023. No home runs this week, although Sargent did participate in both of the victories that we had. Uh, He's still sitting at 49 home runs. Uh, Jeff Cook in third place was 50, Maddox 53, and Walner, the all-time leader, at 58. Um, Had no voicemails this week. So... No voicemails. We will go to Southern Miss and related news. Yeah. Sorry. Had to look that up on my phone because I didn't type it in. So we already mentioned that Nick Crass is transferred Oregon State to Southern Miss. He is a 6'4", 190-pound guard played in 26 of Oregon State's 32 games as a freshman. So it's not like he's coming because he wouldn't get any playing time, right? This dude can ball. He's coming to Southern Miss. Kick ass. AC is coming back. This is kind of a bummer for me, the next one, because we reported on it the entire season. Mm-hmm. I really hate that I kind of led into it like I did, but it's the same deal here. So Morgan Leinstock has decided to enter the transfer portal for last season. In no way am I like just going to like stomp all of leaving for – I have no idea what's going on there. Um, well, I wish her well, wherever she ends up, she yeah,
0: I think, was... I think it's more a, uh, she graduated here and mm-hmm. is pursuing a degree path that we don't offer, I think, from what I've heard. So, uh, cheers. Wait, to you're her.
1: still, look, you're gonna get a lot of that right now, especially with that COVID year, right? Yep. Yeah, we're done. They're like, what am I doing? And especially with softball, it's not like there's a professional softball place she can go play, right? So, I get it. Um, Wish her all the luck in the world. Wish she's yeah. going to be here next year, but completely get it. Totally understand. And the last thing I had in Sutter Miss and related news, since we didn't do our homework with the uh, with, with all of the former Sutter Miss baseball players that are currently playing minor league and major league baseball, I do have one. Uh, Dalton Rogers was the Sox prospects pitcher of the week for the week of May 8th through the 14th. Mm-hmm. After posting a line of five innings pitched, one hit, zero runs, three walks, six strikeouts. This is the second time the 22 year old lefty has taken home the honor this season. He's currently number 37 on the hashtag SP60 full scouting Report so That's Sox Prospects, Boston Red Sox. And so he's doing well, right? We all know he would. Yeah. Um, He's a guy, he could have come back this year, but dude, you could drafted that fucking high, you know,
0: <laughs> there you All go. Right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, let's get the shout outs. What you got?
0: Yeah. So obviously wanted to thank, uh, John Smith for coming on, man. And, and it was so good to hear some of his stories and perspectives on, on 40 and, and just the relationship that they have. And, um, I hope our, I hope our fan base or, uh, maybe fan listeners, uh, uh, enjoyed that because I know I know we certainly did so uh, thanks again John we appreciate you and and your love for Southern Miss um, secondly uh, a good friend of the show uh, Luke Johnson had uh, caught up with Luke uh, during the rain delay I guess that was on Friday uh, and it was like pouring and me and were just kind of standing in the rain talking because we hadn't seen each other in a while so uh, it was good to, uh, catch up with Luke, man. He always has just some nuggets of information and I love getting to, uh, catch up with him. And it's still surreal for me because like Luke was one of my favorite players, um, when I was a student here and, uh, and on the football team. So it's just really cool to like be friends with him now and, and have that relationship. Uh, cause I kind of like idolized him when I was a student uh and of course I got to give another shout out to our good friend and new listener uh Eric Rogers man he uh uh gives me a ride back and forth sometimes on the, picks me up on the golf cart and, and when i was hauling in all that food on on friday so mm-hmm. uh man that that's just so helpful and he's so kind and and good friend so i yeah, uh, appreciate to. appreciate that and he actually we ended up staying out there again i talked about this a couple times stayed out there so long on uh saturday he calls me and we're still out there he said oh my gosh dude i, I left and i left you because uh and i was like dude it's no big deal i can a i can walk back my legs are not broken and he <laughs> like i'm still in the roost so no worries He's like oh good good he's like i just thought about it. i got home and remembered that i'd given you a ride so uh i just thought that was funny but yeah that's good that's it for me
1: okay so i will give a shout out to kirk and diane overby yep. uh good friends of ours. I've been with for football with them forever but they live in baton rouge and kirk's a high school umpire so he obviously can't make a ton of games so of course the one game that they made was the one that you know none of the Baileys were going to be there right um, but 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 i got to hang out with them a little bit before the game started they came out of the house and good to see kirk oh, and Diane. um and they hey they picked a hell of a damn game to go to yeah right? that was that was unbelievable and we've already talked about Eddie, but uh, give a shout out to Eddie Bresher doing wonderful things over there with the golf team. Um, he fits that Sutter Miss mold the the uh, the approachable, the the humble, the um, you know the, the guy that that will end up taking that golf team to to new levels uh, before long. And I wanted to give a shout out to my high school coach, uh, my high school baseball coach Jeff McClaskey called me on hmm whatever day that was with the, okay. I think it was Thursday. It was Thursday because there were high school championships going on at the softball Mm -hmm. complex over there. I didn't know about that, but they had come down to watch Northwest ranking play in that. And he called and he was like, I was on the field like 15 minutes before we were going to start our little league game and coaches calling. So I was like, what's up? He's like, Hey man, we're in town. Um, We're going to this softball thing. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I was like, okay. He said, man, where could we just get a bite to eat real quick at a bar, a sports bar or something, you know, close to soft call. I was like, four street bar, dude, <laughs> you know,
0: yep, um, I got your place.
1: Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So, so shout out to coach Jeff McClass, who just taught me everything I knew about baseball, man. Like that, that guy is, is awesome. And the last shout out to John Smith. I mean, thanks for coming on. Yep. Absolutely killed it. Um, And speaking of 4th Street Bar and Grill, that is our title sponsor. Uh, So do not forget to go by there. Um, 4th Street Bar and Grill, always the place to be pre- and post-game for every USM sporting event. They have all the games on if you can't make it to the game. $9.95 plate lunches Monday through Friday. Home style plate lunches and tag us on social when you go by there, especially this week during the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Please do that. And that will get yourself a shout-out, dude. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything before we close this puppy down? Well, all righty. So, thanks for listening in today. Whatever day you might have listened, and whichever platform you cho- you chose to listen in on. Remember, you can follow me at Bumper J. Bailey and Patrick at PLowry. Follow us on all the social at To the Top Talk. And don't forget about the mailbag to thetoptalk at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Tell somebody to the top today. And as always, Southern Miss, to the top. Talk.
3: I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg Never ventured far away When it comes to playing football Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State Or LSU, you play a good game of football Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you When the football season is over and done Here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee But I chose Southern Mississippi And right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC or Notre Dame you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you.